you have a Bible, turn to Lamentations chapter 3. Maybe a Bible, a book of the Bible that you don't always read from. But Lamentations 340, uh, it says this. The writer is Jeremiah. He's one of the prophets in the Old Testament. And he says, he says, let us examine our ways and test them. And let us return to the Lord. We see this posture from uh, from Jeremiah, and he's, he's encouraging all of Israel to examine their heart before the Lord. David writes something very similar, where he says, God, examine my heart. See, my paraphrase, if there's anything in my life and in my heart that's offensive to you. Yeah. And so in the Bible, what we see is this this humility, or at least encouraged humility, where we would allow the Holy Spirit uh, to, to examine our hearts, but also where you and I would do the hard work of looking inward, examining the condition of our heart, and adjusting anything and everything that doesn't honor the Lord. Yeah. So recently, this last week, Andy and I rewatched a great movie called La La Land. Many of you have probably seen this movie. Yes. But there's this climactic moment where the two characters are sitting together and they <laughs> ask each other, okay, where are we? What, Where's the relationship? Where is this going? Mm-hmm. You know. And so a lot of times um, what Andy's talking about with that self-examination, we just need to ask ourselves, where are we in our relationship with Jesus? So today we're going to do a little DTR with Jesus. Andy, um, I, I just have to pick on him for a second. He came up to me this week and he was like, I got it. I got what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to title it DTR. And I said, oh, define the relationship. <laughs> and he said, You've heard of this before? <laughs> First of all, I'm pretty sure I invented this terminology. Andy swears that he's the one that came up with okay, this. Okay, so. I didn't invent it, but I was so confident earlier this week that I had. He was I like, has it her, been around like, a while? Babe, babe, this is gonna this is like such a great little acronym. DTR. Define the relationship. People will uh-huh. really be able to get behind this. Yeah. And she was like, that's been around for like a hundred years. <laughs> Anyway, so I was super excited, and she completely deflated me. Um, you but know, hey. it was an enlightening moment for him, and Good so times. you know, I don't want to shadow that. But we're gonna do we're gonna do that today. We're gonna we're gonna just check our heart. We're gonna have some have some moments, some questions uh, to come through to really just allow the Holy Spirit to examine our hearts today. So let's just pray for God to do that, and we'll jump in. Sound good? Let's do it. Father, we just. Um, Lord, we come to you and we just invite you into this place. God, we invite you um, to really take a closer look at our hearts. God, I pray that we would come to you this morning with open hearts, open minds. God, open hands, God, and just posture ourselves in humility before you today. And Father, we pray that each of us would, would walk away from this message and this teaching today with a better understanding of what it means to have a deeper relationship with you and how we can trust in you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So in order to define the relationship to DTR, you you need these moments. (laughs) I mean, we joke about it and Amy gives me a hard time about it, but the truth of the matter is you need to have moments where you pull away and you examine. 
You look at your relationship. Because if you're watching and you live in Atlanta, we are in the Bible Belt. And there's just so much presumed uh, relationship with right. God that you have. There is cultural Christianity. And we never have moments where we really just take a step back and say, okay, what's happening inside here? Is my relationship with Jesus growing? Do I even really have one? Yeah. Or is it just mental assent? Do I have great biblical information? Or do you really know Jesus? Yeah. Do you know him? That's the heart of the, the, the defining the relationship, kind of assessing where you are. So we have a question that we want you to wrestle with. And we're going to begin to you know, push through this question. I think it's very pertinent to us given where we are culturally right now. And the question is this, where do you turn for comfort? That's the question that we want you to ask yourself today. Wherever you're streaming from, uh, this is a much larger question yeah. than you might realize. Where do you turn for comfort? Where do you turn for comfort? Comfort is about familiarity. Comfort is about safety. Um, and in a moment like the one that we're in, a cultural uh, crisis, a, a global pandemic, uh, people are looking for comfort. Uh, many of you, uh, when quarantine took place or sheltering in place began, you immediately went to the store yes. and you did what? You bought comfort food. Comfort food. Comfort food. Yeah. I mean, go ahead. I, I, so when shelter in place was issued here in Georgia, I first thing, you know, was I better go to the grocery store. Like the rest of the city, uh, the lines were ridiculous. Yeah. But um, one of the things that, you know, people were hoarding and, and getting was like the toilet paper and the paper towels. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I have to get chocolate chip cookies and jalapeno chips. Boom. <laughs> we don't need these paper products. I need my comfort food. And it was so funny because I came home from the store and I'm talking to my sister and she picked up the exact same things, the jalapeno chips and the chocolate chip cookies. And it just goes to show you that people go for the, they needed comfort food in that moment. And yours may not be jalapeno chips, but. But it should be. <laughs> it should be. The Boulder brand is the best. But <laughs> um, I feel like I always talk about food when I'm sharing with everybody. But the, the point of what we're talking about is that there is an essence of comfort that we feel when we go to those familiar foods. It may be a casserole that you grew up eating or, or that chili in, in the wintertime, but whatever it is, uh, there's, there's a safety that you feel with that. And so comfort food is definitely one of those things, but there are plenty of other things that oh, goodness. we try to draw comfort from. I mean, people turn to their favorite TV shows for comfort. People turn to uh, friends for comfort. They turn to parents for comfort. They turn to, yeah. um, you know, even more volatile things. We turn to drugs for comfort. We turn, we turn to anything. Anything can become uh, not just something that provides comfort, but it can become something unhealthy, unbalanced, where where you try to you try to make it your source of right. comfort. And there's a difference between the blessings that God has put in our life that you and I get to enjoy. You enjoy 
jalapeno chips. You know what? And you, it, awesome. You sit on the couch, you watch a show, and you know it's something familiar, and right. it, it brings a, a, a measure of comfort to you. There's a difference between that and and, and looking for things to become the source of comfort. That's great. Um, you know, we culturally speaking, again, we've done that with food, though, where food has become the very thing that that we try to draw life from. Uh, furthermore, even friends, you know, we, we, everyone needs friends, right? Everyone needs friendships, but there's a difference between having a friend and trying to draw life from a friend, right? right? Or trying to draw life from your spouse, even marriage is a wonderful thing, but things can become unhealthy and, 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 and twisted when you are trying to draw life from your spouse. Only God can give life. Only God can really fill you up on the inside. Mm -hmm. Can other things provide a measure of comfort? Sure, but only Jesus can really, truly give you life. And so where, the question remains, where do you draw comfort from? Getting back to this, it begins to expose where the relationship is between you and Jesus. Right. And here's why. Um, stress and anxiety and fear and uncertainty, all of these things ultimately are spiritual problems. And spiritual problems require spiritual answers. I want to say that one more time. Spiritual problems require spiritual answers. That's great. That's great. Psalm 27 verses 1 through 3, it says this, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. So let's talk about what's actually happening with David in this moment and how this pertains to comfort. Well, first of all, uh, that was Psalm 27. And David is writing, and we, you know, the Psalms have been turned into about a billion songs. Uh, there, there's poetry, there's, there's music. It's, it's oftentimes there's flowery language, you know, yeah. around it. And sometimes when you read the Psalms, you think David's sitting around with a harp, just making music all the time. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is David was being hunted, okay, by other men, by, by uh, armies. He's hiding in caves. Right. Uh, at times he has no food. He has no friends. He's lonely. He's, he's anything and everything you can imagine reg regarding hardship. This is David. And yet right. here he is writing in, a in the midst of tremendous hardship. False accusations are being made against him. Right. And he's reminding himself where his trust is and his faith is. The man who's had to hide in caves. Mm -hmm. uh, life didn't feel comfortable in these moments. Right. He had to fight in order to experience the comfort of God. That's so good. And I, I just want to say this because I feel um, it's important for us to remember this. When you put your faith in Jesus and you begin um, to live under um, 
just the Lordship of Jesus Christ in your life and you've surrendered everything to him. It's not like you wake up the next day and you know exactly what you're supposed to do now. I'm going to, everything's going to be great. I'm not going to need to, you know, I'm going to know where to go in the Bible every single day. Um, that's just not how it, how it happens. And I distinctly even remember, um, even when we're talking about just, you know, at the beginning of, of our journey one of the things that hit me so hard um, was I remember I was in high school and I had my Bible like this, you know, just sitting on my bedside table. <laughs> and it was sitting there and I had some friends over and they were in my room with me and one of the girls picked up the Bible and was like, so, you know, what, what is this thing actually about? And I couldn't respond to her. I didn't have much to say to her. I had put my faith in Jesus. I believed that he was, you know, God. I believed that Jesus had died for me. But not much else really happened after that. And when we look at David and we see him in this, in this moment of, of just trials. I mean, he's, things are not going well for David right now. We see him turning to God for comfort. And there's a reason he's turning to God. It's because there's a familiarity. There's a relationship there. There is, there is something that he has been cultivating um, with God over time. And so in that moment in my bedroom when my friend asked me about my Bible, I didn't have much to say because there wasn't a familiarity with my relationship with Jesus. I knew that he had saved me, but I didn't really know him. And so what we're talking about is actually building a lifestyle of knowing God by getting in his word. And when we look at Psalm 27 and we see that David is being hunted by his enemies and he is, you know, drawing comfort from God, he didn't have his couch. He didn't have his Netflix shows. He didn't have his jalapeno chips. He was, he was drawing his comfort from the source of comfort, who is God Almighty in heaven. And we have access to that. We have the ability to draw comfort from God as we build relationships with him. So we don't we don't have to just sit aside and, and draw try to draw from temporal things. No, we can go to him and we can get our Bibles out and we can pray and we can say, No, Lord, you are my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You are the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And we we build our faith by going to him. And what happens? The comfort of the Holy Spirit surrounds us. The comfort of God meets us in that place. And sometimes, you know, you said it well, you don't wake up and you just feel this comforting, you know, snuggie of, of comfort. Snuggy faith. <laughs> Snuggy faith. You know, maybe there, maybe once in a blue moon you do, you know, but a lot of times what we, what we find in just our following Jesus is that we have to fight for it. That's right. We have to fight for comfort. There are a lot of days that we don't feel like it. So to get very practical in our house, it's easy to think. Um, I used to think this looking at other pastors or people that were in full-time ministry that somehow that God just showed up in their house all yeah. the time, you know, like a genie in a bottle. You know, they just kind of rub that Bible and God just shows up, you know, and answers all their prayers. And that could not be farther from the truth. Right. There are, there are so many times where the, the, the moment where we examine the relationship and we say, okay, God, I've drifted in this moment, or I'm, right. I'm, I'm leaning towards being fearful in this moment, or being discouraged or depressed in this moment. So what do we do? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what we do in our house. Uh, we have to deliberately 
take a moment and, and literally grow in our relationship with Jesus. Not biblical information, okay? We have to seek the right. person of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. So in the other room, which you can't see right around this corner, uh, maybe we'll do another video shoot in another room of our house, but there's a little piano and there are times where where Amy will sit at that piano and she will just bang out some worship songs and she's just singing at the top of her lungs. Sometimes I'll take my phone and I'll plug it into our speakers and we will turn the volume up, you know, as but just about as loud as we can and we will crank it and we will worship in our house. Right. And we will rattle these walls because sometimes you have to remind yourself who is in charge. You have to remind yourself who is worthy of worship. You have to remind yourself who the one is who has the ability to truly give you comfort. Because if you try to satisfy your need on the inside with something that you find on the outside, you will continue to find yourself hungry, you will continue to find yourself empty, and you will not truly experience comfort. You'll find yourself having to go back to the well every single day, every single week, because you're not really satisfied. Where is your relationship with Jesus? Mm -hmm. Well, one of the best questions to ask yourself is where do I turn for comfort? Where do you turn today? Another way to ask it is to say to yourself, what determines the outcome of my right. day? What determines the outcome of my day? We all know we are gonna all have bad days. Right? We all have moments that don't go like we were hoping. And yet, uh, we also know what it's like when, when those things, we allow them to determine the day for us. Right. And the truth of the matter is, the things that we allow to, to determine uh, whether a day is going to be good or bad, a season of your life to be good or bad, or literally just your life period. Right. They oftentimes reveal the things that you're trying to use to provide comfort for your soul. So good. Now I laugh about this, but <laughs> we can all we can all we all understand if you rolling up to Chick-fil-A at 10:34. So, and wherever you're watching from right now, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Yeah, or even 10:31. 10:31. Every once in a while <laughs> you can still sneak in at 10:31. But at 10:34 you have missed the window <laughs> for the chicken biscuit. And if you had your hopes set on your morning being satisfied with a chicken biscuit and you get there and they are, it's done, the window's closed, it can ruin the morning. And then, and then you leave and now you're stuck in traffic. Not only did you not get a biscuit, now you're in traffic. Then you show up to work late. And so you, you didn't get the biscuit, then you got traffic. Then you, uh, you we know how this goes, right? And now, the day is just ruined. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. You're going to have a bad day. You're choosing <laughs> to have a bad day. What determines the outcome of your day reveals the very thing that you try to use for comfort, for satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Now we can, we can laugh about some of these things, right? The biscuit analogy. But the truth of the matter is, where there are far more serious things, hard things, difficult things, that are truly difficult 
even devastating at times. Yet, if we're not careful, we will allow those moments to dictate our entire life. And it reveals where we draw comfort. Think of, think of the person who's single, who desperately wants to be married, but, but isn't. And it just, it just hasn't materialized. And it can become the thing that, that defines you. Right, you just you can't get past it. Uh, you had the marriage, but then it didn't it didn't make it, and so and you're divorced, and yeah. and so uh, you know you you live in a cloud of bitterness. Right, I'm not saying that it's not hard. I'm not saying that it wasn't devastating, right. but at some point Jesus must truly be the foundation of our heart and our soul. He must be the one who provides life and comfort. If you're like me, maybe you've lost someone. I've talked about this many times, but losing my dad, it was a devastating loss for my family Mm -hmm. and for me. And there there comes a moment where you have to fight through it and cling to Jesus in the storm and not let go. You have to fight to experience yeah. the power and grace yeah. of the Holy Spirit. It's so true, and I can I can I can comment on that because um, even though I wasn't in the same uh, situation as Andy, I didn't lose my dad at a younger age, but I was with Andy. And one of the things that um, was interesting, we were in our car. We had gotten a call um, that. Rick had had a heart attack, and so we got in the car, and we were a couple hours at least away from where he was, and so we were driving, and while we were driving, we got the call, and, excuse me, sorry, one of the most powerful things, sorry, I don't want to cry too much, one of the most powerful things that I got to witness was someone who drew comfort from the source. In the car, in our cherry red Dodge Stratus, it was a cherry red Dodge Stratus, everybody. (laughs) We were driving that car, that faithful car. And the first thing, though, that I remember coming out of Andy's mouth was just thankfulness and worship to God about the life he had. And the thing that's powerful in this moment is that you may not have experienced the same thing that Andy did or, or, or it may be a different, a different challenge or a trial that you've faced or that you've endured for quite some time. But the thing in that moment that struck me was, oh my gosh, this man has a real relationship with Jesus. He is drawing comfort from the God of all comfort. And in that moment, the thing, you know, again, that I knew is we were dating at the time and I was like, well, Lord, if I haven't made it clear, I really want to marry this guy because he's the real deal. But, but when all said and done, when all said and done, Andy was drawing comfort from the source of comfort from God. And because he had been cultivating that lifestyle of worship and prayer and renewing his mind daily, when tragedy struck, the first thing that he went to, the source of comfort. It was his relationship with God. It was worship, and it was just telling God, thank you for the life that my dad lived. Thank you for the privilege of getting to be his son. And 
I can't wait to see him again. It was just a really powerful moment. One of the things that Amy is describing that we see throughout the Bible is this idea that storms are coming. Yeah. You're going to have storms that hit your life. It is an inescapable truth. It is an inescapable reality. And where you turn in times of difficulty for comfort, reveal where your relationship is with Jesus. Yeah. It, 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 it tells us, it points to it. And when those winds come crashing against your life, when the, when the rains are pouring down, it, who do you turn to? What are you turning to for comfort? You see, the, the, it's, not that, it's not that you learn how to have a relationship with Jesus in the hard times. It's the hard times that reveal the relationship effort that you've been putting in in the days and weeks right. and months prior to it, right? It's in the stress of the storm that you realize the beauty of the anchor. And in the days prior and in the weeks prior, you may not even need it in those moments, but you've learned to cultivate a relationship with Jesus, you fought for it. You've consistently spent time with him. This is what Lamentation says in chapter 3, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Mm. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The scriptures tell us that God's mercies are new every single morning. Hmm. And that means we need to go and get, we need to get more of him and we need to get it every single day. In other words, God has something new and he has something fresh for you every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't like to cook. I don't like to make, I, I don't like food preparation, period. I love the eating side of it, right? <laughs> but, but I don't want to, I don't like getting up in the morning and making breakfast for myself. Generally, I'm the first one up. I don't like doing that. Yet my pantry is filled with food. It still requires work and it still requires investment in order for me to, to put something together that has nourishment for my body, right? In the same way, many of us have biblical information and Bible facts and knowledge and we have, the, we have tools coming out of our ears for yeah. knowing Jesus. But understand just having the information doesn't mean that you have relationship. You right. need to open up that spiritual pantry, take these things out and actually put something together so that you can consume it, that you can, that you can experience more of Jesus. We've got to be people who are getting in our Bibles in the morning yeah. and letting the, the God of this Bible renew mm -hmm. our mind. Yeah. We talk about uh, what is it that, that informs the outcome of your day? Well, what if you chose to get, got, you chose to get up in the morning yeah. And you decided what was going to determine the outcome of the day. It was going to be God's presence first. Yeah. And you got into the word and you began to pray and you turned up your worship music and you took a few minutes every single day to define who is in control. Yeah. And you allowed him to change you from the inside out and give you fresh mercy for the day. 
Who? Who are you turning to? What do you turn to to satisfy you through the day? What are you turning to to give you comfort? What determines your outcome in life? The Bible says that, Jesus says that he is the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Let Jesus become your comfort food, the one that you go to, that you experience, that you spend time with because you're familiar with him, because he's safe, because he's your protector, because he's your provider. Go to Jesus Turn to him, give your life to him, surrender it all to him. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up this morning and we've sat here with open hearts and open minds, open hands and asked the Holy Spirit really to examine our hearts, we want to take a minute and do that. We want to ask him, God, am I, you may not have even put your faith in Jesus yet. You may be on the fence about it. You may have been watching uh, services for quite some time and just looking from afar and the Holy Spirit's drawing you in to take the next step. And so we we just want to pray with you this morning because we can talk about practices and things that, you know, we do to exercise our faith and how to draw comfort from the source. But if you don't know who the source is, then all that we're talking about is probably sounding like gibberish. So take that step this morning. And it's really as simple as saying, God, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. And because of your sacrifice, I can have relationship with God in heaven. And my eternity is with you. It's as simple as that. Don't be like me as, a, as, a, as a, an early believer and just let your Bible collect dust after you decide to follow Jesus. Get involved and find people. Connect with people that are doing the same thing. And let's follow Jesus together. Yeah. This, is, this, is some, this is the time. This is the time to do it. <laughs> this is the time to, to, to make a change, to make, to make a different uh, choice. It's a choice that's in front of us. And even though if you're sitting here this morning and you've already put your faith in Jesus, maybe you've been walking with him for 25 years, don't let this outcome of, of this season be the same yeah. as it was when you started. Right. Let God do a continuous work in your heart. Let him change you from the inside out continually. And I, I just know that God has something great and mighty in store for us. I could not agree more. Let's pray. Father, I thank you in this moment for your son, Jesus. I thank you that he died for us. I thank you that he gives life to all who believe and turn to him. Help us not to just know information, but help us to know your son, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus, we want to know you more. Help us to come out of this season, not in the same place, but in a new place, a place where we've grown in relationship with you. Help us to do it. Yeah. God, help us to do it. It's in, mm-hmm. it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Here's what I want to ask you to do. If you were praying that prayer with me, uh, just wherever you're streaming from, I want to ask you to, to take a step of faith today. 
I know it's unusual. It's a little bit different, <laughs> you know, for church to be completely experienced online yeah. right now. There's really not any other alternative uh, other than how we're doing it, which is great. God's moving powerfully still. But don't just be a spectator. Be a participator in the gospel. So here's what you can do. In the comments uh, of YouTube or on Facebook, you're going to see a link that's posted where you can fill out a digital communication card. This is designed to help you take your next steps in faith. Mm -hmm. Literally with something as simple as, how do I read the Bible? Where do I start reading the Bible? Yeah. How do I get connected in a life group? How do I grow? How do I pray? This is how we, this is how we start taking steps forward. Uh, you can literally click on one of those links that you're going to see pop up. Or if you've got your phone handy, it's a step of faith, but do it. Text HP Info to 97000. HP Info to 97000. We have people standing by who are literally waiting to help you take your next steps. They can pray with you, they can answer questions. Or if you don't want to interact with someone, all of the available steps and options are available to you right then and right there. That's great. Thanks for experiencing church with us today online at High Point. We will see you right here next week for service.